these days go so quick compared to a weekend retreat. I'm looking and going, oh my goodness, it's almost done already. But um, I, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Casey Bangesser, and I see some new faces. I've gotten to know a couple new people today, which is fun. Um, I get the opportunity to work here at the church as the pastor of ministries under Mike Nelson. And sometimes I wish they would have given me the title youth pastor or something like that because it would give me the permission to kind of be weird and goofy like I am. Because <laughs> usually youth people are just a little quirky. <laughs> but uh, so I'm just going to call myself the youth pastor and then that will give me permission to just be a little weird. Um, we had, when I was growing up, I feel like I need to clarify something. There was a little too much information at dinner when I said at 14 it was my first kiss. Let me give you a little context. I was at, <laughs> I was at a Catholic church youth lock-in, which should be a really safe atmosphere, but anyways, um, like it was a triple dog, dare, dare, dare you, Derek, to go give Casey Miller a kiss. And so it was meaningless, and it was not romantic and I was not a rebellious child usually, right mom? <laughs> so, so usually <laughs> I had my moments, but um, no. So there's the context for that too much information at lunch. Um, and now if you would just have some fun with me because I just have to, uh, the title when Cindy and I got together for this day I was going one direction and then about a week ago I got stuck on this word devotion. And devotion to God. What does it mean to be devoted? And then I started, you know, you sit in your office and you're kind of spinning words, simply devoted. And all I could get <laughs> over and over in my head was that song from Greece, <laughs> Hopelessly Devoted. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? If you don't, I was Sandy in uh, my senior play for Greece. And I feel like that was a bigger deal than anything at the time. When you live in a small town, if you make the paper, you think you're a really big deal. Until you realize that when you go to college, like in a town of 2,000 people, it didn't take a whole lot to make the paper. But anyway, so Mike, I just want you to play Hopelessly Devoted. Let me get this out of my system, and then I'll actually get real with you, okay? So once I got past Sandy, and I really had to do the Hopelessly Devoted song, I'm like, okay, Lord, obviously that's not from you. So let's uh, pray about this word devoted. And I asked the Lord to give me something other than Sandy from Greece. And um, the first thing that popped to my head was Noah. Noah. And I thought it was interesting because it's the one story that is almost overly cartooned. You know, it's in every nursery, and Bennett calls Noah the Noah the pirate. And <laughs> he's determined he's a pirate. And um, So it's a story that we all know, but when you really look at it, Noah was really devoted, really devoted to God. And so uh, we're going to take a peek at his story quickly, and then we'll go into what that means to you and I 
Um, God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you that you give us a sense of humor. I thank you that we can laugh together. I thank you that we can cry together as well. Um, Lord, I pray that as we go through this story of Noah, that you would just speak to our hearts and convict us of areas, Lord, that we can be more devoted and more obedient to you. I thank you, God, and I welcome your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first verse I looked up when thinking of devotion was in verse 9. And it says, Noah was a righteous man. Oh, chapter. Sorry, you probably want the chapter too. We're in chapter Genesis, Genesis chapter 5, verse 9. I didn't tell you that. Genesis chapter 5, verse 9. <clears throat> We're going to pause and just look at this verse first, and then we'll read some more later. And it says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. And I stopped at that phrase, walked with God. And at first, I dwelled on what Cindy really talked about earlier this morning, was every day, in every moment, treasuring your time, walking with him, abiding with him, in the little things, I think Noah did that. Noah was a righteous man. He was obedient to God in a very evil time. And so he practiced what Cindy talked about this morning. He practiced um, walking with God in obedience. And it says, I looked up the word in Hebrew, and of course there's two meanings. It could really mean walk. I don't think Noah went to heaven and actually walked beside God. But the other meaning is walking regularly in companionship with another. And I thought that was really fitting, walking regularly with companionship. Noah did that. Noah did that. The next slide, um, slide three, Mike, it's Noah was then positioned to receive from God. Because he did this, because he lived obediently and justly, he was positioned in a place to hear from God and then obey him. A lot of times we can live our lives and get kind of frustrated. Where are you, God? Why aren't you talking to me? What is my will? What is your plan? La, 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 la. And we're not daily in the little things like Noah being obedient. Because he was obedient in his day-to-day -day life to the Lord, he was then positioned in a place to really hear from the Lord. He heard from the Lord. Let's hear what he actually heard from the Lord. We're going to read. It was quite the calling. Uh, we're going to turn, and it should be on the next slide here, Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to read 13 through 21. It's a chunk here, but I just want to read it all at once. It gives us our context here. So God said to Noah, and I just have to pause there because 
you know, how did God say that to Noah? It doesn't tell us. You know, sometimes in the Old Testament, we, there's prophets who get dreams and visions. We know that Moses actually got to be face-to-face with God and came down to the mountain, you know, glowing. Um, other places in the Old Testament, there's an angelic visit. It just says God said to Noah. So it makes me think, did he hear an audible voice? Was it like you and I hear from the Lord? You know, when you're just in prayer and you're in that silent place before him and the Lord just speaks to your heart and you start writing it down, who knows? I don't know. I wish I knew more. I read online wishing there was some scholar that had some insight that I didn't, but I never did come on the uh, full explanation. But we just know that the Lord talked to him. And here's what he said. I'm going to put an end to all the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. That was the waterproofing thing that he put on his boat. So, well, obviously that was important to be waterproof. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Make a roof for it and finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top. Put a door in the side of the ark and make a lower, middle, and upper deck. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish a covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wives, and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep with them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is, not, that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. <sighs> so, I don't know, but I haven't gotten a word from the Lord that specific before. God was really clear. <laughs> Would you agree? I mean, God just told Noah what was up, and this is what you're going to do, and this is exactly how you're going to do it with building materials and actual measurements. So I would ask you a question, and it's kind of a trick question, so I'll give you that. Was Noah's calling simple? Was Noah's calling simple? And like I said, it's kind of a trick question. But I'm going to define simple and easy two different ways. They can be synonyms of each other, but today they're going to be different. On the next slide, Mike, if you'll show, this is what we're going to define simple as, clear and straightforward for the purpose of this message. (laughs) Clear and straightforward. And easy is untroubled, effortless, or safe. So if you ask yourself, was Noah's calling simple? I would say yes. It was clear and it was straightforward, and the Lord told him exactly what to do. But was it easy? No. No, not at all. 
I wouldn't call this calling effortless or safe, would you? No, it was a hard calling. It was a difficult calling. A lot of times we think, oh, Noah, he's such a lucky guy. Out of the whole earth, God let all those other people die, but Noah and his family was saved. And like I said, we make like little cartoons for our walls of Noah. Man, this man went through a lot of ridicule, a lot of testing. The call that he got from the Lord is not, you know, thank, I would thank the Lord that I was going to be saved, but oh my goodness, look at the call he had. On the next slide, Mike, we'll talk about his hard calling. Did you know that it was 120 years between the time God spoke this to Noah and the actual flood happened? 120 years. Some of you are thinking that you received maybe a prophetic word from someone. Maybe you just know in the quiet of your heart that God spoke to you in a certain way years ago, years ago. And over that, over that 120 years, Noah could have started doubting. He could have started, well, did the Lord really say that? I mean, was that me or was that the Lord? A flood as in a literal flood, God? Or were you just thinking like flood in a metaphorical way? <laughs> did you really mean, did you really mean all of those animals in a ship? 120 years passed where Noah could have given in to doubt, fear, confusion, lies of the enemy. And the enemy through voices of other people. But he didn't. He didn't. We don't know how long it took him to build that. We don't know if he built all 120 years. I'm guessing it probably, who knows? We don't know. We don't know how long it took for him to build that ark. But we know that there was that many years between the time God spoke and the time it rained. And so there is such a message here of being obedient to what the Lord has spoken to you. It's almost like tunnel vision. When you get a word from the Lord, you just focus on it. Even when there's doubt, even when there a lot of years go by and you're kind of scratching your head and you're like, God, you know, the doors haven't been open for that word yet. Nothing seems to really be happening. It hasn't rained a single drop, for goodness sakes. Here we are, just awaiting and awaiting and awaiting. I'm getting old. <laughs> Think about Noah. This man is old. He's an old, old man when he gets a word from the Lord. 500 years old. Of course, we don't live that long now. But just imagine being, I don't know, we'll put it in our turn. Imagine being like 80 in our time and getting a word from the Lord like that. I mean, that's, that's, that's hard. And he was faithful with it. Uh, Noah built this huge ship where it never rained. People were probably so confused. It'd be like in Arizona. Someone being like, yeah, we're going to get a flood. We're all going to get wiped out of here. So I'm just going to go out here in the desert and build an ark. Can you imagine the ridicule? Oh. He lived in an ark with animals. And I can't imagine the smell. 
Honestly, though, I mean, I go to my husband's farm, and I'm like, oh, how do you handle this every day, you know? And it's not even bad compared to hog farmers. I just don't know. That is a calling in itself. But <laughs> but it's just like, how do you live in an ark with these animals for that many years? And I know they built levels on it, and they had windows for air, but there's windows in our barn, and it doesn't smell good. And then they're living in this rocky, they're floating on water. I don't know how many of you have been on a cruise or, I, I mean, I've gotten kind of boat sick on Lake Yankton. <laughs> I can't imagine being out there in the floodwaters with your family, which they loved each other, I'm sure, at day one. But okay, if you're on a ship with your family and these wives, I'm like, wives, you were with your in-laws <laughs> for months with a bunch of giraffes, like, this can't get any worse. I mean, for real. And I, I love my father-in-law, but probably not in a ship for that many months. Um, so this was a hard calling. It's not a cozy cartoon calling. And that's really what God took me to, was... There has to be an emotional connection to the person or thing you're devoted to. Otherwise, it's false devotion. We see people that are devoted to causes um, out of kind of a strange, vain passion. But, But to be truly devoted to something, you have to have an emotional connection to that thing or that person. Or it's false. And I have to pause right here before I go on with this message and say, do you have an emotional connection with Jesus Christ? Or has he just been knowledge in your head up until this point? We live in America where most, though it is decreasing in our younger generation, but most people sitting in this room here, I know in the Midwest, would have heard of God in Jesus Christ, at least heard his name, okay? I can assume that. I can't in a third-grade classroom anymore. But most of you have heard the name God in Jesus. But do you trust him with your life? Are you devoted to him? daily walking and abiding in the love of Jesus Christ? If you can't say yes, I hope today you can. I hope today, after this message, you know, we'll have a break and we'll have a testimony and then we'll have a time for worship and prayer. I hope today that you don't leave without knowing, I for sure know for a fact that I have asked the Lord Jesus Christ into my life The Holy Spirit now dwells in me because of that trust I put in Jesus Christ. And I know I'm going to have an eternity with him. I just know it because the word says it and I've accepted Jesus' Christ's gift that he did for me on the cross. If you can't say that, if you're just thinking like, well, I grew up in church, I maybe got confirmed. It was up here. But I just don't know if I personally know him. Will you please just tell your small group leader or the friend sitting next to you after this? 
come find me or Cindy or anyone you've connected to up here in the front and do that today. Do that today. Because you cannot, this message isn't going to mean anything to you. You can't be devoted to God unless you know him and have a personal relationship with him. Let this be your day. So with that, if we can just assume that we've all known Jesus and accepted his gift, how can we be devoted to him? I asked myself, how would I be devoted to such a calling as Noah? God spoke to him, said, go build this ship. And then there were all these years and there was no rain and there was all this doubt. And and yet he did it. And I said, I want that kind of devotion. Not the cheesy, hopelessly devoted Sandy from Greece style. I want the real deal, the real devotion. God, I want to be devoted to you. And... And Cindy nailed it on the head with our day-to-day choices, okay, and our day-to-day time. And I want to talk about the things that are a little bit harder, the big choices, the big choices. A lot of us aren't called to build a ship, but God calls us to do a lot of hard things. Not always easy. Simply devoted can be hard, And simply devoted is not always easy. And God calls us to do some hard things, whether it be, you know, a family moving location, these career choices, these parenting decisions, these, um, yeah, the bigger things in life. Um, Your parents get older and you're taking care of them and you have to decide what's right for them, for the younger people, you're deciding what college to go to, what career you're going to go into, who are you going to marry, is he the man for me from the Lord, these are the bigger decisions, how do you make those devoted decisions to God in the bigger moments, God gives us some practical tools, and it comes down to what Noah, it comes down to his life, he was devoted in the little, he was devoted in his day today, um, walking before, before the Lord day to day. And um, like Cindy said, it says in, in Scripture that if you are faithful with a little, you will be faithful with much. Well, what if you're waiting for a big call from the Lord, but you're not being faithful with the little? Like, well, why hasn't he called me to, you know, work in missions with moms who are, you know, looking at abortion? Or why hasn't he called me to, you know, Mexico or Africa? Or I'm waiting to be called into ministry. I'm waiting to be, you know, why hasn't these things happened? And not always. One reason, one reason you can look at and say, am I being faithful in my day right now? Am I being faithful in the job he's placed me right now? And uh, am I being faithful where he has me and my family right now? That is not the only reason, okay? Sometimes it's a God timing thing. Sometimes we can't see the big picture, and we are being faithful. Like Noah, you know, in that 120 years, it never said he wasn't, but he just kept putting one foot in front of another, kept building that ark. 
Okay, and sometimes it just takes some perseverance and you are being faithful. But a lot of times I ask people, what are you doing right now? Day to day, what Cindy talked about. And something that I wanted to share that ties in with this message is something that has really helped. It's a tool that has really, really helped me live a simply devoted life. And I'm not perfect, and I'm a work in progress like everyone else. But one thing that I'm thankful for, it was actually an academy class last year that Brian and Mindy taught. And we are involved in youth group on Wednesday nights, so we sought out their counsel in this. Uh, But it's a family charter. And for some of you, you know all about it. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But this is how, it's slide seven, Mike. Um, This is how I define it to someone who asks me what that is. It's not the book perfect definition. This is a Casey definition. It's our family charter is a mission statement that focuses our time and our talents. That's what it is for us in our home. It focuses it's our mission that focuses us, our time and our talents. And so we ask the questions when going through this. What is our family called to do? What has God placed in us that we need to fulfill his kingdom? As a family, why are we here? What in the world are we doing? Are we just going to kind of drift through the years and look back and go, Whew, that was a ride. <laughs> Are we going to kind of focus on something? And so that's what, it, it, it's, it's a statement you come up with, not overnight, over a lot of talking and discussion, but it's something that we landed on, and it has helped me so much. And so this is my little plug. <laughs> Next year during academy classes, we hope to offer that again. And I encourage you, if you are single, you just make a personal mission statement. Okay, so this is not just family. I say family because I'm married. If you are single, you make a personal mission statement, personal values. You can totally do it for yourself. Actually, it would be more beneficial if you had one even before you got married. So this is for everyone, okay? I call it a family because I am married. And the mission statement, our family charter, is something that has helped me, like Cindy talked about, simplifying And I have a hard time with concepts without just practicality. So, like, how do I do that tomorrow? (laughs) That's how I go home from these days. Like, I love the inspiration, but what's a way I can start? And this is just one tool that has really helped us. And I will give you ours, and yours wouldn't sound or even look like this. But this is what we came up with. Our family is called into our community to genuinely value people and lead them to Christ through our character, actions, and words. And for Chris and I, we just both felt strongly that we want to be called into our community. We want to be outreach-oriented. We want to value people outside the context of the church walls. We want to value people And through valuing them and loving them, we hope to lead them to the Lord through our actions and our character and our words. Okay, it's not really complicated, but here's how it gets complicated. When you look at your calendar and you look at your choices, 
this is how it helped me simplify that complex schedule we live in. This last month, I'll give you just some practical examples of using one of these. This last month, on the last month, I was invited to three different type of banquets or charity type fundraisers, if you will. And we chose one. And it's the one that most people wouldn't choose. But it's the one that I chose. I went to the Ballantin Chamber Banquet. And I went to three park committee meetings here in Ballantin. Because I want to genuinely love people outside the wall of this church. That's what I feel called to. And if you looked at these other two invites that I got, it would seem like, to some people, like, really? You chose that over that? (laughs) But no, I did. I did. Because you know what? I'm surrounded by church people all the time. And my heart and Chris's heart is that we get out of the walls of the church. That is not everyone's calling. I mean, we are all called to be salt and light to the world. I'm not saying that. But that is not everyone's calling. Brian and Mindy's family charter looks very different than Chris and I's. They develop leaders. You know, your calling is going to be different than mine, and it's going to be different than Jaren's. It's going to be different than Lynette's. But if you can make conscious choices according to what you're feeling called to, Call it helps. And it freed me up to say no to a couple things and not feel so guilty. <laughs> I'm the kind of person that would say yes to everything before this. Before we, before we did this, I would say yes to everything. Well, yeah. Well, geez, I can go from that to that to that. I think I got a half hour in between there. You know, <laughs> that is just my person. Well, that sounds like a great cause. Yes. You know, and I'm not saying that we don't need... I'm not saying that I never do anything that's not on our charter, okay? But it helped me, and it helped me simplify those choices. And uh, because I know that we went through this process of prayer as a, as a unit in our home, I can now kind of focus where our focus is. But it's not easy either. One of the hard things... Now, it wasn't hard compared to Noah. I know we're basing this message off of Noah. It wasn't hard compared to Noah, but one of the hard things that the Lord has called us to at times is Chris goes from farming in the fall to coaching basketball in the winter. There's a few days sometimes between those seasons. And um, between youth group for me here and our life group and prayer nights and everything else, and then... His coaching, I mean, there's often, you know, weeks we go six nights without being home. And days, because we both work day jobs. (laughs) So we'll go an extended period of time without being home together. And people will be like, geez, you know, you can get kind of criticized for that. You guys are so busy. You know, that's too busy. Does your family suffer? You know, that kind of criticism. And it's like, you know, no. We don't suffer because it's hard. There are nights that I wish Chris was home to pray with Bennett and us before we go to bed, but it's what we're called to. We feel strongly that Chris should be in the Tracy community coaching. I'm here a lot, so he's the avenue outside this building a lot, and we just feel strongly about it. And so when you, when you do sacrifices with the, what God has called you to do, he makes it worth it. He makes it worth it. Not easy, but it's worth it. And um, 
I just wanted to share. I didn't want this to be about me today. I just, it was just a practical tool that I couldn't help leave out of this message. So I'm not trying to talk about myself up here. I just want to give you a tool that you could also use and take, um, be looking for that class next, next year. It's really helped me. Um, the, the fact is to live simply devoted lives we can't do it all. There's got to be some type of filter. And some of us can almost weigh and handle, I guess, a little more in our schedules than others. Some of us are called to a little more purposeful, at-home times right now in our lives. But what's beautiful about this is that God can give us grace with each other. Then there's not an expectation of, well, why wasn't Casey there? Why wasn't so-and-so at that event? Like, we're all supposed to be everywhere all the time. <laughs> and it's just like, no. If you simplify a focused calling, then you're almost set free. You're set free from the expectations of people because you know the Lord has spoken. You know the Lord has called you. You can confidently walk out that and have grace and love for the people that don't quite understand it. And um, when you are called and you obey, you know, the verse that I didn't read was in verse 22. I stopped in 21, and it, so, and it says simply this. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Wow. He didn't question. He didn't ask questions. There's other people in scripture that actually do, you know, come back to God and be like, what do you mean? Who am I? I can't even speak. You want me to go? <laughs> you know, that's usually me, you know, that, well, okay, but um, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. He got a call. He heard it. He obeyed it. And to back up, he got his call because he had already been obedient. He was already a man that was described as walking with the Lord. And the little things, for 500 years of his life, for goodness sakes. He was with his family, he was being obedient to the Lord, and then boom, he was in a place, a position to receive a big word from the Lord. And then he got to walk out the big calling on his life. And... He is the inspiration for us, for me today, to follow in that, in that model. It's the last slide I had up there. It, just, it made so much sense in just a simple order. Be faithful day to day, like Cindy said. Position yourself to receive from the Lord any of those big callings, your family calling, your personal mission, the career choices, the bigger things in life. You've already positioned yourself to receive. And you know what's really cool about someone who's daily abiding with the Lord? Is they usually can hear him pretty clearly. They usually can hear him pretty clearly. If you're not abiding with the Lord in his word and what we talked about this morning, it can be a little foggy. But someone who is in the word, spending time with Jesus, hears him. And hears him clear. 
And then we get the choice, once we've heard the Lord, to actually take the next step to walk it out and obey it. And not let the enemy's doubts and lies and um, fears hold us back from that calling that we know we got from the Lord. (sighs) Some of you have family members that you just know are going to be saved. Ah, you just know it. I have a few of those extended family members. I know, Lord, that your heart is going to save them. I know they're going to be saved. And it's been years, (laughs) years, and I'm not even that old. (laughs) Years of praying for them to be saved. Come on, Lord, show your heart to them. (sighs) Did I really hear from the Lord? Are they not going to get saved? It's like you can start doubting it and give up on these things. But Noah didn't. He kept hammering. He kept onward. And I'm going to end here today with this. If I can find it. Why do I even do notes? Okay, I'm going to end with this. Genesis 9. Genesis 9, 7 through nine. (sighs) And when you obey the Lord, there is blessings in it. There is. It's worth it. It's hard, but it's worth it. Um, And that was a slide I skipped. (laughs) But it said, I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. I'm going to tell you it's going to be worth it. And that's really how it is to follow the Lord. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be nights where it's hard. But it's going to be worth it. And here's why it was worth it for Noah. Let's read what the Lord said to Noah. Okay, 9, 7 through 9. It says, As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Then he goes on to say, and with every living creature that was with you. He established a covenant, a blessing upon Noah for his obedience. And that type of covenant not only affected Noah and the people that were on his ship, but for generations after it. For generations after it. And that's what you can do. By being just a faithful woman every day in your workplace, every day at home, wherever you are in life. Faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with a lot. And at the end of our lives, when we go home to be with the Lord, (laughs) whether that's, I hope it's all for us when we're real old. But... Whenever that is, that we get to go home and be with the Lord. You know, it's our heart's desire for God to say, well done, you faithful servant. And um, that's what we have to look forward to, is the eternal prize for our obedience. And the everlasting fruit on our, the next generations after us. 
So that's our goal. And that's what it means, I guess, for me to be simply devoted to God. Is faithful with a little every day. You will be ready to be faithful with a lot. You will be ready to be faithful for the big things when they come. So um, I'm just going to pray and then I think refresh my memory. Is there a break or is it Steph right away? It's Steph right away. Okay, I'll pray and then I'll introduce Steph. Okay. Dear God, I just thank you and praise you, Lord, for just giving us your word so we can be challenged. I thank you, God, for this man, Noah, who did serve you and was obedient to you. I pray that we would just walk out our lives obedient like him, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.